for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Oh, what? There's a lot going on today? Oh, really? I should check the headlines? Oh, let's see. Shock. Assistant AG for Civil Rights, Kristen Clark, claims to be unaware of Missouri v. Biden, perhaps the most massive free speech case in American history. Senator Mike Lee to FBI Director Christopher Wray. You have a lot of gall, sir. This is disgraceful. I'm going to write a sternly worded letter. I'll be putting your permanent record. Ted Cruz hammers FBI Director Christopher Wray for sitting blithely by as FBI is weaponized. None of this matters. Wake me up when there are indictments, not even criminal referrals. Criminal referrals mean nothing. Just ask Attorney General Eric Holder, who is held in contempt of Congress. See, Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress. Nothing happens. Trump officials get held in contempt of Congress. They get arrested. They get criminally prosecuted. See how this works? Until we start seeing indictments, until people start going to prison, losing their pensions, and being ostracized from polite society, until they are afraid to walk down the street, as Maxine Waters would have it, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about hearings. I don't want to hear about subpoenas. None of this matters. Only one thing matters. Indictments. Until people are held criminally responsible for the crimes they've actually committed. And until we criminally prosecute people that are abusing the justice system to commit lawfare against people who have not committed crimes. I don't want to hear it. This is why people are so upset. Senator Josh Hawley goes off after FBI Director Christopher Wray admits no one is being fired for targeting Catholics. I love Josh Hawley. I think we need a lot more Josh Hawleys in the United States Senate. But him going off means nothing. Christopher Wray doesn't care. What part of these people are thumbing their nose at us isn't clear by now. Of course no one's getting fired for targeting traditional Catholics. But if it was a transgender, you'd be in prison already, pal. And it's not just here in the United States. It's globally. We've got a a government whistleblower in New Zealand that's going to be criminally prosecuted for releasing the truth that the gene jab kills people. Everybody knows it now. And anybody taking money to push these death jabs is an accomplice to genocide. I'm not being hyperbolic there. This is a genocide that is actively being perpetrated on the human race across the globe by a select handful of corporations and their government funders. And unfortunately, America is at the head of the class in that regard. It was we who funded the research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Anthony Fauci doing an end around Congress and the law by funding Ralph Barrick at EcoHealth Alliance, who then funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But no, 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 no. 
It was all because a pangolin bit a bat and somebody made soup out of it. It was a psyop. It was a planned event. It was literally event 201 put into action. And he knew remdesivir was going to kill people, and he's pushing it anyway. He knew masks didn't work, that they would have serious developmental, physical, emotional, mental developmental impacts on children. Still, we made him wear the masks. And what's going to happen to Anthony Fauci? Not a thing. He's going to collect the biggest kiss in the mail of anyone in the United States, including former presidents because he retired as the highest paid person in our government. Nothing is being done. Nothing is going to be done. So I don't want to hear anything about senators going off, dropping the hammer. They have no power. They have no power. The only power they have is to put on these dog and pony show televised hearings to get the sound bites that are going to get them on Fox News they can use in their fundraising letters. It's as simple as that. It's up to us to change the world. Not any politician. There's no politicians going to be our savior. Not even President Donald Trump. Love him though we do. It's up to us. As I keep saying, now's not the time to throw up your hands in frustration. Now's the time to roll up your sleeves and get to work. Get up off the couch. Get involved. Run for school board. Support a candidate that's running a lot of great candidates. We're going to be rolling them out at MAGA Institute. A lot of great candidates running across the country. Get involved with one that's truly America first. Not just one of these fundraising clowns that say that they're MAGA and then vote to go along to get along. Fund people like Troy Nels in Texas 22. Fund people that are actually going to roll up their sleeves and do the work for we the people. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. If you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT radio. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. A YouTuber will serve time in federal prison after he intentionally crashed an airplane, cleaned up the wreckage, and then lied about it to investigators. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT radio news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Uh, Of all the silly things a person could do to get attention, this is certainly up there. Um, On Monday, United States District Judge John F. Walter sentenced one Trevor Jacob, aged 60, to six months in prison after Jacob pled guilty last June to one count of destruction and concealment with the intent to obstruct a federal investigation. Thus says uh, a press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Central District of California. Jacob is a YouTube pilot and a former Olympic snowboarder 
Uh, he began a YouTube channel 15 years ago and has since amassed more than 140,000 subscribers. His channel also attracted sponsors, including a company that sells various products such as wallets. Uh, according to federal prosecutors, Jacob agreed to promote a wallet from this company in a video for his channel. But the video he made was not about wallets at all. Instead, Jacob took off from Lompac City Airport on November 24th, 2021, on a solo flight with the expressed destination of Mammoth Lakes. Several cameras had been affixed to the plane, and Jacob had a video camera and a selfie stick as well. Approximately 35 minutes after takeoff, Jacob, an experienced skydiver who was already wearing a parachute, indicated that he had, quote, an engine out, end quote. He began swearing profusely and opened the plane door, looking nervously at the ground below. Within moments, he evacuated the plane, leaving it to crash in a remote part of Los Padres National Forest. After landing in a dry brush of poisonous oak, yeah, that's got to suck. Jacob wandered off, uh, wandered about for four hours, first to locate the plane, then in a desperate search for water and safety. After sunset, he eventually found some ranchers who rescued him. Jacob documented his journey throughout that harrowing episode. The video of it is entitled, I Crashed My Airplane, and it's still posted to the Trevor Jacob YouTube channel, and it can actually be seen if you so choose. Jacob also reported the crash to the National Transportation Safety Board two days after it happened. At that time, he agreed to provide the NTSB with, quote, the coordinates of the downed plane and videos of the crash, end quote, and to preserve the wreckage so that the NTSB could examine it, according to the press relief release. The FAA soon began an investigation as well. Despite the promise not to meddle with the wreckage, a few weeks after the crash, Jacob and a friend located the crashed plane by helicopter. They then used straps to secure the plane to the helicopter and eventually transported it to Jacob's hangar at Lompac City Airport. There, Jacob systemically, systematically, I'm sorry, dismembered the wreckage and deposited pieces at a time in various garbage receptacles at the airport and elsewhere. Uh, with the intent, according to the press relief, the press release, quote, to obstruct federal authorities from investigating the November 24th plane crash, end quote. Then he made it worse for himself. Jacob then lied, saying that he did not know the location of the crash site. He also made a false report about the accident and misled investigators when he told them that he had to parachute from the plane because he could not find a safe place to land it. In other words, Jacob got himself into a mess of his own making and then lied to cover it up. He even admitted as much in a video entitled, quote, I got my pilot's license back, but going to prison, end quote. That was posted on his YouTube channel on Monday. In that video, Jacob said that at one point he was facing five felony charges that each carried a 20-year sentence. He also called himself a quote-unquote idiot for pulling the stunt and said that he felt horrible about it almost as soon as he hit the ground. He said, quote, I screwed up, end quote. Indeed, he did, Timothy. This is just insane to me. Uh, do you think you would ever find yourself in a situation desperate enough for attention or likes on your social media to intentionally crash a plane and then tempt the fate of the law by hiding it? What, what say you?
Come on, Adam. Who among us hasn't crashed a plane or crashed a car or dived off a building just for a little attention? Come on. Seriously, I am the poster boy of it seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't think I would have done this. And I don't condone this. However, I must point out the double standard. The government lies to you. Zero consequences. If a government law enforcement official at any level, municipal, town, city, county, state, federal, if a law enforcement official lies to you, no consequences. But if you even unintentionally make a false statement to a law enforcement officer, you get a nice pair of bracelets. That's the first piece of hypocrisy I want to point out. The second thing I want to note is that if he'd crashed his plane into a chemical factory or a meatpacking plant or a chicken farm or something like that, not only would he not have gone to prison, he likely would have gotten a big federal payday because, you know, that's how these accidents happen, allegedly. He would magically suddenly find himself on the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders Initiative program, right? An, you know, an it was a tragic accident. Member. Another another tragic accident in a chemical plant in Texas. Another tragic accident in a plane flies into a meatpacking plant in Kansas. And all of a sudden, you see that person in the south of France on a big yacht. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, to 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 just to be fair about my reporting, he has indicated that his reason for faking a plane crash was not to make money or gain online views, as is alleged in the press release, but it was to fulfill a bucket list dream of his. So I don't know. I find that excuse to be even more bizarre, Timothy. You know, I could see I could see skydiving being on that list. It's on my list. I can't see. Doing it out of a plane, a moving plane, and when you're the pilot. Can't see that being on a bucket list. Look, the guy said it himself. He screwed up. We don't condone what he did. My only job here is to point out the hypocrisy of the federal response. And that's too easy to do these days, Timothy. But we'll keep doing it as long as they keep being hypocritical. Hypocritical. Hey, we go. you know, they, they keep serving up these softballs. I'm going to keep hitting them over the fence, and so are you. Thanks for another great story, Adam. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation, and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture 
the church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. You have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Amy Peikoff, Chief Policy Officer at BitChute, is an attorney and formidable voice shedding light on the ongoing war against free speech. With her background and experience, Amy is uniquely positioned to provide invaluable insights into the legal and ideological battles that threaten open discourse in today's digital landscape. Her tenure as the former CPO of Parler, a platform that faced deplatforming amidst intensified censorship, has equipped her with firsthand insight into the critical necessity of platforms like BitChute in preserving free speech. In today's climate of cancel culture, where voices are silenced and content is taken down, Amy's perspective on the importance of unmoderated, uncensored platforms is more crucial than ever. Amy was a professor at Chapman University School of Law and a member of the Federalist Society. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning, Amy Peikoff. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And rest in peace, Parler. I loved Parler. It was the only alternative social media platform to Facebook and then Twitter that was user-friendly, that was what you see is what you get, and that really had built up a nice community of users. 
Definitely. I mean, there's a remnant of that community who's tried to kind of, you know, communicate with me on X now, but it's not nearly the same. And I would say that um, the fact that Elon Musk found it necessary to purchase formerly Twitter and, you know, try to convert it into X and that there was this demand for a free speech version of Twitter was proof of concept for Parler. Um, And, you know, some of us are not fully convinced that X is going to be able to deliver free speech for the long term, right? And I, I think it was closed down too soon. That's my personal opinion. But I'm very happy to be over at BitChute. BitChute is very principled for both free expression and privacy. And it is a great alternative for people who don't like YouTube, for example. Um And we've got other things in the pipeline as well that are going to deliver different types of functionality, not just video sharing. So that's great. Vis a vis Parler and Twitter, all I have to say is Elon, bro, still waiting for at TimboTim62 and at MAGA underscore Institute to be unsuspended. Come on, man. Parler didn't didn't suspend us. I have a lifetime ban, Amy, on. Facebook, I found out the hard way that Facebook does not give you a 32nd 30-day ban. After 31 Mm. 30-day bans, I posted pictures of actual honest-to-goodness Nazis in Ukraine marching with Ukraine flags that had Nazi symbols on them and was immediately, I mean within 30 seconds, given a permanent ban. Wow. Yeah, so that's you know, they have algorithmic scanning of images now, and it doesn't matter the context or the purpose. A big right. organization like that, it's going to be very hard to get their attention and say, hey, this was a newsworthy thing. I wasn't actually trying to promote Nazism or the gassing of Jews or whatever it was, right? Um, right. Instead, oh, you I was were calling just out trying the US's, to point it. Yeah. yeah, I was calling out the U.S.'s hypocrisy. Let's face it. I had a target the size of Montana on my back. They gave me 30-day bans in both October and then again for November. And I mean within hours or in one case within 20 minutes. I'd get off one band, wouldn't even post anything. And 20 minutes, I'd be reading along feeds and everything. And then 20 minutes later, I'd want to comment. And you've got a 30-day ban. And they wouldn't even say why. Or if they did say why, it was something from years before. But curiously, Amy, this only happened in October in, well, September and October into November in 2018, 2020, and 2022. That's the only time it happened. Mm. And, and, and just coincidentally, all of those second bands, the, the second month of the ban, coincidentally, they all expired the day after election day. It's, it's just crazy how things wow. work out. Wow. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you think that we're not in for similar sorts of hijinks this election cycle, I, I think we probably are. Um, you know, it's it's very important to have platforms that don't treat people this way, that allow full and free expression, unless you are actually violating someone's rights, inciting violence, committing fraud, et cetera, et cetera. Um, All viewpoints should be heard. Everybody needs to be able to go into an election fully informed, knowing what their choices actually are. Although I can't say I look optimistically at the choices that we have ahead of us as of now, but I am hopeful maybe things will change and shake up a bit 
going forward. And they can't if people aren't allowed to discover the truth about the candidates that were being offered. Well, that's the thing. And this whole notion of misinformation and disinformation scares me because, of course, it's who gets to decide, right? Your misinformation is my radical truth telling. And guess what? I've been proven right every single time. I mean, every single thing that we we as a community said about the gene jabs, about COVID, about masks, about everything was correct. And everything that the quote unquote experts in the social media platforms said was correct turned out to be a lie. So that's a scary aspect of this entire um, censorship regime. You don't have a right not to be offended. The, the First Amendment has limitations, right? You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Well, that's no not fire. exactly true, right? That I actually did well, have Jeff Kossif on recently on uh, on my podcast, and he explained exactly what you can and can't say. But um, no, certainly you cannot do something that is going to be tortious or right, incite. And create imminent harm. And, and you can regulate speech. You can tell the Krishnas, you got to stay over there in the corner, but you can't accost people as they come up to TSA. You can have that regulation, but you can't ban the Krishnas from the airport. So you can regulate it. You can have certain parameters. You can't Time, place, say and anything manner, illegally. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And you can't, you can't incite violence and you can't promote violence against somebody. But none of that or very little of that was happening. And, and yet we were being censored for what we were saying. So I, I think they're really unclear about what the First Amendment is and what the parameters are. And I want to dig into that a little bit after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. We are, we are your station for news. News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. House Speaker Mike Johnson stated during a Tuesday press conference that the House will vote the week of December 10th on formalizing the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden to strengthen subpoena power over the stonewalling Biden administration. Health Canada has authorized an updated COVID-19 vaccine from Novavax that targets the XBB 1.5 variant. The new vaccine is called Nuvaxavid and is approved for people 12 years of age and over. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. So, Amy, you're the attorney. First Amendment principles have been laid out in Supreme Court cases, most notably New York Times versus Sullivan in 1964. But that was in a different media environment. That's where you had establishment newspapers, you had three news networks, and then PBS came along. Now we're in the cable world, we're in the app world, the podcast world, we're in the social media world. What are the parameters of First Amendment rights and restrictions in the modern media environment. So in the modern media environment, of course, we have the FCC, which has encroached a bit on what we would traditionally call First Amendment uh, you know, boundaries. Um, and that's because, of course, of the issue of bandwidth restrictions and things so that somehow their, their ability to allocate bandwidth to different networks, whether it be radio or television, somehow entitles them to put further restrictions on what can be said on broadcast media. But everything that's out on the internet that you and I are saying 
the government shouldn't be able to do anything about unless it is something that isn't protected by the First Amendment. And so what do you need to do? You need to have an actual articulable um, you know, presence of something that is going to cause significant harm and has a likelihood of doing so imminently. And so much of what they have tried to pull off of the internet, I would say through what we would call fascist censorship, where government officials have put pressure on companies like Facebook or the former Twitter to remove content, even though it has not met that high bar. Um, you know, that's the environment that we're in now where the government thinks that anything that is potentially harmful, they can just pressure using various carrots and sticks, these companies to throttle it, to censor it. Throttling is sometimes the worst. I mean, I call it sort of gaslighting that you can be gaslit on these social media networks where you know, someone like an Elon Musk will say you have freedom of speech, but not free, you know, freedom of reach. You've heard that out of his mouth, right? Sure. Freedom yeah. of speech, but not freedom of reach. And what does that mean? That means you can post whatever it is, but maybe nobody's going to see it. And you're going <laughs> to think, oh, I, you know, I posted this brilliant thing and nobody reacted. It must maybe not have been that good. And you're being gaslit. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened to me at Facebook. I was getting 20 to 25,000 views per video. And because I, I did my show Patriot Uprising TV, I did it on Facebook Live. And I went from 20 to 25,000 down to about 18 to 21. And then it went down into the teen thousands and then progressively down to the point where it would be 500 or so views, not even oh, likes wow. I'm talking about, views, 500 views. And then it went down to 50. It's like, and I said, why am I even bothering? You know, I'm talking into a vacuum. I'm speaking mm -hmm. and no one's hearing it. So, you know, there wasn't even any point to going on it at that point. So we started MAGA Institute and the same thing happened with us there. And then they finally suspended our page and then suspended the account entirely. So yeah, I've got, uh, I've got multiple oak leaf clusters on my Facebook censorship medal. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to see what happens with Missouri versus Biden. Uh, we are seeing Jim Jordan with his weaponization committee, but we can also talk about the limitations on the sort of investigations that he's doing there. I think quite notably, they are not investigating what happened to Parler, an entire social media network, you know, and whatever you want to say about particular individuals being deplatformed. If you look at the deplatforming of millions of people in one fell swoop, which happened in January of 2021 with the deplatforming of Parler, it seems like it would be worthwhile to look into that and to see whether the same sorts of causes for the deplatforming of individuals that they name in their reports is the same sort of thing that went on with the, you know, an entire social media platform. Um, but That's you know, an excellent see point. That. Yeah. yeah, that's an Go excellent ahead. point that bears some that's an excellent point that bears some investigation here because as a user, it came so suddenly. I mean, our parlor was going along great, and all of a sudden we logged in and there was no parlor. From the mm -hmm. inside, what did you see? And and tell us about the different strategies, because I've heard some of the stories. So tell us about the different strategies that they used to deplatform you. They didn't just pull a plug on you, did they? Well, I mean, they did actually. So it was Amazon really that pulled the plug and Amazon AWS was the cloud service provider for Parler 
just up until January 10th of 2021. And what they did is they had suddenly changed their manner of dealing with Parler. Whereas, you know, early on in my tenure, I had started there in July of 2020, they were saying, oh, you know, sometimes we might get complaints about your content, content, we would send it to you for review and you review it in line with your terms of service. We're fine with each service using its terms of service, et cetera, right? And then suddenly in December of 2020, they started to change. And it turns out that in December of 2020, they started becoming a service provider, not only for Parler, but for our primary competitor at the time, which was the old Twitter that was going on. Um, the other thing that was going on, as you might remember, is that uh, former President Trump was deplatformed himself. He was banned from Twitter around the time of January 6th. And he was rumored to be coming over to Parler right. during that time, right? And there were questions from people at Amazon was he maybe coming over? And, you know, former CEO said, I think he is, or maybe he is or something. And so I, you wonder again, whether the purpose of deplatforming parlor was to make sure that that man, you know, who's now a presidential candidate did not have a platform at all. And, you know, we could talk about whether particular tweets of his within the context of what was actively going on in the six, maybe something should have happened to those individual tweets, but do you deplatform a sitting president entirely as newsworthy as that is it didn't seem appropriate certainly i think that he would have the same first amendment rights to speak as anyone else right um right and, and, that and that's would... something that jim jordan's committee should be investigating to what extent was the governor involved in amazon aws's which is amazon web services decision to pull the plug on you folks but wasn't wasn't there a deep banking effort also um, at Parler, not so much a deep banking. There was all kinds of subsidiary services that ended up pulling at the same time. So that okay, I thought you, know, I thought your bank pulled the services at the same time. No, I don't recall banking there. Bitshoot has had issues with banking in the UK, where Bitshoot was unjustly deprived of banking services. So you might be thinking about that. Um, Maybe. You know, there there were certain services. So, for instance, I believe Zendesk canceled uh, services with Parler at one point. Uh, I think Twilio. There were different service providers that not just Amazon. And, of course, the app stores, you know, they followed immediately right. after Amazon on that uh, January 8th. We got letters from all three almost simultaneously, which, again, raises the question, was that a coordinated effort? And, you know, if you look in the Twitter files, and this is something that I sent to Congressman Jordan in a letter urging him to include the deplatforming de of Parler in the investigations of the Weaponization Committee, um, I sent to him a screenshot from the Twitter files and it was posted by Barry Weiss in one of the early installments. And what it shows is a conversation between Yoel Roth, who we all know from the right. policy lead at Twitter, and some unnamed executive. They obscured his name, but they're having a conversation in a chat. And this unnamed executive calls explicitly for Parler to, quote, pay a price for its alleged role in the so-called insurrection that occurred on January 6th of 2021. 
And, you know, given that you have a Twitter executive calling for Parler to pay a price, given that Parler was, of course, an up and coming competitor of Twitter, both companies were, you know, uh, customers of AWS. Of course, the government is also a customer of AWS. And the other thing that we know from the Twitter files was that there was a series of regular meetings all during that period in the weeks around the election, after the election, through January 6th and beyond, right? And the, these ongoing meetings between high-level tech officials and government officials if you think that there isn't something to find there, some discussion about Parler and how bad it is that Parler allows the proliferation of misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, you know, the, the true stuff that is not convenient for them. I'm pretty sure that there was. And, and again, I think it's worth Congressman Jordan's weaponization committee that they really should look into this because as he said himself, when he was speaking to Dan Bongino, one of the best ways to prevent this from happening again is to expose exactly how it happened. And we see and not some just of how, the same- Not just yeah, how, but ahead. who, not just how, but who, and to hold them criminally responsible. That's what is so infuriating. And that's why people are so upset is the double standard, right? It's section 230 for we, say Twitter and Facebook, but not for the parlor. I want to get into that a little bit more after the break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that those 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. My character Shazam knows all about growing up in a family full of teenage superheroes. They're bold. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. Adventurous. Shazam! There's never a dull moment. And no matter what happens, they'll always have your back. All they need is a place to grow and be themselves. And the best part is, you don't have to be a superhero to adopt a teen. Learn more about adopting a teen from foster care. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. So, Amy, there's a lot of talk about Section 230, and, of course, Zuckerberg testified sitting on his briefcase about why Section 230 protects Facebook because it's not a content moderator. It is simply a platform when, in actual fact, they were a content moderator. But here's Parler that is simply acting as a platform. 
and, and you guys get the plug pulled. What what's behind the hypocrisy, and is there anything that can be done about it? Well, so their stated reason for pulling the plug on Parler was because supposedly we were playing some role in helping to foment an insurrection, which we learned in the weeks, just a few weeks afterwards was not true. And that if, you know, in fact, if it was planned anywhere, actually, yeah, you know, we call it months later, right, right. In, in August of that year of 2020, it was very quiet. You know, you know how they do this later, but there was a report released whereby the federal government said that this so-called insurrection wasn't planned anywhere, much less on Parler, wasn't even on Facebook, but Facebook had groups and things. They had a lot more activity that would have lent itself to planning anything than you would have on Parler, which didn't have groups or any of those things. Um, the other thing that's interesting is MSNBC published a story whereby they highlighted the fact that there were two social media platforms that in the weeks leading up to January 6th submitted content um, posts you know, with violent and inciting content to law enforcement and that law enforcement ignored it. One of them was Facebook. And, you know, I don't know what Facebook submitted, right? Parler submitted public posts, right? So these were posts that were made publicly and just showed it to law enforcement and said, hey, you guys might want to look at this and do something. And as we all saw, law enforcement did not do its job on January 6th. And the point of the MSNBC report was that they were warned. It is inexcusable to say that Parler somehow played a role in fomenting an insurrection when it was one of two, you know, reported social media networks that actually warned them and said, hey, maybe you should do something to prevent this when they didn't. Um, Does so, Parler but, still you know, exist as a corporate entity or has it dissolved? I don't know what it is business-wise because what happened in April of this year, it, you know, last year, you might remember that it was rumored that it was going to be purchased by Kanye West. Right. And that, that deal was terminated right around this time last year. And George Farmer was looking for a suitable purchaser that was going to continue and grow the platform. And he apparently was unable to do that. So right after Easter of this year, he had sold it to a marketing firm who shut it down temporarily and announced, of course, they were just going to close the, the platform that week. So I was laid off. I have I don't have anything to do with the company anymore. From what I understand, they have maybe relaunched it as some sort of a news or blog site or something. That's all yeah, I know. I'm just thinking if they didn't have a tortious action against Amazon for what they did. You would think that, right, of some kind that there was definitely either a tortious breach of contract of some kind that they would need to get um, damages, right, right, for the damage. Because after it was deplatformed, it was very hard to bring it back online because the whole tech stack had to be rebuilt. Um, when companies use Amazon for their cloud services, they will typically tailor all of their code base and their mm -hmm. functionality to interact with specific features of AWS. And so then to rebuild on an independent stack is quite difficult. It took Parler quite a while. And by the time it did come back online, you had your Truth Social 
up um, or at least promised. You had Getter, right? And so it was very right. difficult for Parler. You know, there was no way to recover. And before that, of course, what was it? It was number one on the App Store. Millions yeah. of people were signing up between, you know, around the election time in November of 2020 up through January of 2021. Millions of people had signed up. So there was tremendous economic loss. Yeah, you would think that there's a case there. Yeah, I mean, it was the best alternative platform to the big two. You know, Parler was right in there in terms of usability, in terms of the uh, community that had quickly developed. I mean, I couldn't believe how fast the user base developed. Are you seeing hints of the rumblings of what you saw at Parler? Are you seeing them now at BitChute? So with BitChute, of course, we are not on AWS. We're on a completely independent stack. So that isn't really an issue. Um, we are not on the app stores. There is a sideload Android app for BitChute, but there is nothing on the Google or the Apple app stores. So neither of those companies can say anything about what our policies are. Our policies are to allow the maximum amount of free expression so long as the law allows. And as you know, in jurisdictions across the pond, um, so both in the UK and then also in the EU, uh, it's true in Australia as well, they have an online safety act. They are starting to actually uh, restrict speech quite considerably, and it, it's threatening to get worse over time. Um, as it stands right now, BitChute is a smaller platform, so it maybe doesn't face the sort of scrutiny that an X does at the moment. Um, you know, Thierry Breton, uh, of course, has been making uh, quite a bit of noise lately about supposed illegal content that's allowed to proliferate on X, et cetera, like that. But yeah, um, it, I'm confused yeah. by this point. Okay. Uh, China simply blocks platforms that it doesn't want its citizens to see, it being a totalitarian regime. If Australia and the EU and the UK want to be totalitarian regimes, why can't they just block BitChute from internet service providers? Well, I mean, that is one thing that and, might eventually you, happen. Uh, yeah, and let you do whatever you want because uh, you shouldn't have to, you know, it shouldn't be the tail wagging the dog all the time, right? We shouldn't always have to cater to the lowest common denominator. Well, so one option, which is what we do on BitChute, which is that we will comply with orders to remove content, but then we will state clearly that that is what we have done. And, you know, this is the analogy to what we actually used to do on Parler, Parler 2.0, when we were going back onto the app stores and the app stores were saying, oh, you have to remove so-called hate speech. Right. What we would do is we would put a splash screen over it saying this content is not permitted on Apple and Google, you could find it for a parlor on the web. And so similarly, what, you know, we are doing, because I, I mean, this is what I think, I think morally, not just that it should be the case legally, but I think morally, any platform, social media platform, video sharing platform, that purports to be a forum for open discussion, it should operate its policies, essentially with the First Amendment as a guide. Um, you're going to have a little bit of difference, like you're not going to allow spam, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So there's certain business necessities that you might make an exception for. But 
I would say freedom of speech is definitely freedom of reach that you would have as little algorithmic manipulation of content as possible. And you just allow people to interact and exchange information and ideas so that you can truly be that forum for open discussion. Why is that? Because the, the First Amendment is first for a reason. We need to be able to get at the truth. We need to solve problems that face human beings. So you know, this is always our goal. What we will do is we'll comply with the law, but then we try to use it as a teaching moment and say, okay, this is being, you know, removed at the order of government. Our own policies would be to allow anything that isn't, you know, again, imminent incitement and violence. Exactly. And for those who aren't familiar with BitChute, I love it. It's web-based. You can find it just by going to BitChute. It's B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com. But describe the product, the platform, what the user experience is like, and what potential content creators can use it for uh, to build their own communities. Definitely. So it is similar in functionality to a YouTube, minus, of course, the censorship, minus uh, the algorithmic manipulation. So you're not going to have feeds of content suggested to you that's geared to get you addicted in any way. You know, you go on, you search, and you find the content that interests you, you subscribe, and then you will have a feed of the content that you subscribe to that will be unadulterated. It's going to be delivered to you in chronological fashion. So, you know, like Parler, it's a what you see is what you get. And again, you know, United States, where it is still the case that we are permitted to deliver to you anything that is protected by the First Amendment, we do that. Um, in Europe, there's going to be some content that is going to end up having to be blocked because of legal restrictions there about incitement to hatred, as they call it. Uh, similarly, in the UK, you're going to see some of that. Um, one exception is that we don't allow any porn on BitChute, and that's just a business right. decision, right? We think, and, and it turns out it's going to end up having some practical implications as and when they start requiring age verification verification for porn sites. As soon as, you know, people who go onto a social media platform have to verify their age with a government ID, all anonymity or privacy or anything else is right. gone. And we yeah, want again, Nikki Haley's Hello, digital you know, ID movement. Yep. It's for the children, right? To protect the of children. Of course, it's always for the children. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got to trade your privacy for the children. Come on, Amy. Uh, I, I, okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a metaphorical bomb thrower. A friend of mine says I like to play in traffic. I hope the plat, the splash screen in Australia and EU and UK and these other fascist regimes that are requiring censorship. I hope the splash screen says this content is not permitted in your country due to your fascist government until you change your government. You're not going to be able to see this content. I mean, a little advocacy um, there with that splash screen. Yeah. Um, due to your fascist government, I don't know that we have that exactly, but it does say that it is due to government that the particular content okay. is is removed. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I like to throw I like to throw Molotov cocktails <laughs> into the punch bowl. Good. 
no, but but yeah, that's the whole point is you know to use these things as a teaching moment, and we hope that I mean I mean this, here's a red line, right? A red line would be you are not allowed to even talk about the restrictions in your country and to advocate against them. If you're not allowed to do that at all, then the whole idea of working within a system and you know, blocking the content that is illegal, but then talking about, you know, why it shouldn't be illegal, et cetera. If that can't be done, then I think maybe that's a point where you'd say you prefer not to be operating in that country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that is, Amy, did you ever think we'd be here? Did you ever think that this is where we'd be in the 21st century? No, I mean, and, and you know, again, back in 2021, when I was dealing with the deplatforming of parlor by supposedly private entities, now the idea that governments overseas are already thinking they might be the ones to deplatform entire platforms if you spread too much misinformation, that is more dystopian than I would have imagined in such a short time. And well, just like with COVID, right? We saw how quickly they went from the carrot to the stick. We went from you get the jab and get a Krispy Kreme donut to get the jab or, or lose your job it, seemingly mm-hmm. in a fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely urge Congress and Jordan, Jordan is a weaponization committee to figure out exactly what happened to Parler and whether our government was involved in it. Because one thing that we want to do in the United States is maintain that separation of what I call state and social media. I call it the separation of state and social media. And I think it is crucial if we're going to preserve the value of free expression uh, to do that. I don't think even the laws in Florida and Texas where they're telling the social media companies what to do are a good idea. I want strict separation of state and social media. And I'd love if, um, you know, Representative Jordan would join me in that and point it out, not just for individual deplatforming, but for the entire deplatforming of millions of people. Yeah, I'd also like to see the Smith-Mont Restoration Act of 2025 passed into law. We need to get that back. We have large audiences across Europe, the United Kingdom, also Australia, New Zealand. We've got a minute left. What can folks in those countries do to help advocate for free speech, not just for BitChute, but for themselves? I mean, you know, I know in Australia that the Libertarian Party is starting to gain uh, some stride there, but I would go to your representative and talk about the specific items of legislation in your country that are impinging on free expression and tell them the value of this, that people cannot have discussions. They can't understand each other and reconcile their differences. They can't exchange information to get at the truth, to solve real problems in the world. It is a serious uh, hindrance to human flourishing to cut you know, uh, to make all this censorship and cut down on, a, on free expression as they have. So fight That's for fantastic. it. That's you know? fantastic. We're going to have to leave it there. Amy, thank you so much. You've been a, a great guest, very informative and a lot of fun to talk with. Folks, go to bitshoot.com to find out what it's all about. Follow them on X at bitshoot and follow Amy at Amy Peacock, A-M-Y-P-E-I-K-O-F-F. That's it for another night on The Reckoning here on TNT Radio. Stay tuned for the Havorier Moore Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.